Hello, and God bless you. This is Pastor Jeremy, and what a delight to be with you on this Thursday, July 23 of 2020. We are always uh, privileged to have each and every one of you listeners tuning in to this podcast as, as we come together and study the Word of God. We thank you for taking it out of your time. We thank you for sharing this time together as we glean from the Word of God. And our prayer is that as every day that you will learn something new, that the Word that is, that is being taught in this podcast will challenge you to draw closer to God, will open up our eyes to see the days that we are living in this hour. So we are blessed. We want you to know that we love you and that we pray for you each and every single day. It is always a privilege to be here with the panel today. In our panel, we have today Brother Marty, Brother Fernando, and Brother Jeremiah. And it's always a privilege for us to come together and study the Word of God with each and every one of you. So, Brother Marty, at this moment, I'll leave it with you to share what God has placed in your heart as we study the Word of God together. Well, praise God, podcast number seven as we continue to explore all the things that God has been revealing to us that occurred or that were around the very first day, the resurrection day after three days and three nights. And we have seen a lot of different things. And before we get into our study today, we'll begin as we come to the close of the day uh, by reading the scripture in John chapter 20, uh, verse 19. Those of you just joining us, uh, we pray that uh, you'll take the time to go back and listen to the other six podcasts on this series, uh, and I think you'll be fascinated with what actually happened on that resurrection day. It is incredible what we've been discovering and seeing by the grace of the Holy Spirit. And so, Brother Jeremy, as we begin today, would you please uh, read to us uh, verse 17 through 19, John chapter 20, verse 17 through 19, in Jesus' name as we begin. Uh, today's study. Amen. Jesus said unto her, Touch me not, for I am not yet ascended to my Father. But go to my brethren and say unto them, I ascend unto my Father and your Father, and to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord and that he had spoken these things unto her. Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, came Jesus and stood in the midst and said unto them, Peace be unto you. Praise God, peace be unto you. That's a powerful thing that the Lord said. And like we've been discovering, and we have basically began this study beginning early in the morning at the break of the light of day. Uh, and and we have now gone through um, the whole day. And we come to this point uh, where the Bible tells us in verse 19 that it was now evening. It was resurrection day, and they're all in the house. You know, as I was thinking and meditating on these things today, uh, you know, everything that happened that day, uh, it was so impactful uh, to all of them. <laughs> I guess that's an understatement, but it, it right. impacted, you know, it really impacted all of them that day. 
And it's very interesting how the word selects particular groups. You know, the women who came to the tomb, Mary Magdalene, is emphasized greatly in this story, especially by the Apostle John, as he gets into some details that you don't see in the other Gospels. And and yet, even though it impacted all of them, each individual that was impacted um, was impacted greatly in, in their own ways. And, and, and we've been digging out a little bit here and there some of the things that they must have gone through um, as, the, as the Scripture teaches us. We talked about uh, Mary uh, coming to the tomb and, and, and seeing the stone rolled away and, and, and immediately turning and running to the house. And we discuss what her feelings must have been as she came to the house where the disciples were. And she tells Peter and John, I've been to the tomb and the stones are all the way. And we discussed much of that. And then how John and Peter ran to the tomb and, uh, and went to investigate for themselves. And, and all that they experienced emotionally as well. We looked at those things. And, and then Mary again, going back to the garden and, and there encountering the Lord first. And uh, she's the very first person that the Lord appeared to. And, and we discussed the emotions, the highs, the lows, the lows and the highs of what she was going through, only to have the Lord uh, appear to her first. And we discussed that at length, and we encourage you to go back and listen to those, because there's so much that, that the Lord is able to reveal to us in the scriptures by what she experienced. And then he tells her, I, I'm about to ascend to my father. Go tell my brothers. And that's what Brother Jeremy just read here in verse 18, uh, how she went. And she, and she told them that she had, she had seen the Lord. And, and then we come to the 19th verse uh, where the day is over. Uh, he's appeared to the, to the road, on the road to Emmaus. He appears to the two disciples, Cleopas and his wife. And we laid out that case yesterday. We talked about what Jesus actually did when he ascended and what he was doing before he ascended, the three days and the three nights, and how the scriptures talks about how he went into the lower part of the earth and he preached two messages. One, he laid the case against the disobedient spirits of the past held in the prisons underneath the earth. And two, he preached the gospel, which always blesses me. You find that in First Peter chapter 4, verse 6. He preached the gospel to, to those who had looked ahead in time and believed uh, in the promise of the Father, which was the Messiah would come and open the way, uh, which ultimately led to him leading captivity captive, as we talked about, with the angels accompanying him. And it, it appears, as the Bible reveals to us in Psalm chapter 68, verse 17 and 18, that they came with the chariots of heaven and, and literally took uh, the saints of God of old with them, the Lord among them. And then we discussed in Psalm 24, where they began to go through every single dimension and proclaim uh, to lift up the gates and to lift up the everlasting doors and the King of glory, the Lord of hosts would come in. And so this great, fantastic procession was led uh, by the angels and by the Lord as, as they came into heaven. And that's what was taking place as Mary went and knocked on the door to let them know that she had seen him. That's what he was doing. And we discussed, again, you can go back and listen to those podcasts. I think it was five or five, I think it was five or four or five, somewhere in there, what Jesus did when he ascended and, and, and what he literally did in walking into the very throne room of God. And he presented himself to the Father. 
just like it says in Hebrews chapter 9, that he appeared once uh, to make atonement, and he appeared for us in the presence of God. And the word appeared there, we talked about that, is, is that they had a conversation, that Jesus presented himself as the resurrected son of the living God to his father. And, and it's incredible what took place in that conversation. <clears throat> but we also know that, that upon the acceptance of the Lord by his Father, that, that the way was permanently opened for all of us, and not just us, but the whole of creation, uh, to have access to the Father uh, by way uh, of the blood of Jesus Christ. And so as I was meditating on these things, there was one thing that, that I felt like the Holy Spirit wanted us to look at today. And we'll close, I think, in verse 19 today, but there's some nuggets that we have to look at. There's a whole bunch of them that we still haven't considered. And I felt like one of those things um, that we need to, to focus on, which I find very interesting, and that is that that the impact that occurred on this resurrection day, it didn't just impact uh the men and the women that were involved, as we read in the narrative. There's one thing that we need to also at least consider, and and uh, and and that's what we'll consider today, because they were involved in the very first day of the resurrection as well, and that's the angels. One of the things that you rarely hear about, other than discussing, uh, you know, that they were there, they rolled away the stone and all that, um, is the impact that the resurrection of Jesus Christ had on the angels of God as well. And we're going to look at that briefly today, and we'll finish, Lord willing, uh, with, with them in this room that Jesus is about to make his appearance at the end of the day. But again, we go all the way back to the beginning of the morning because we know that the angels were there. And, and what we need to understand in these stories and in this resurrection uh, because without the resurrection, the gospel is meaningless. <laughs> I mean, right. if, if, if right. you just have a Jesus who was a great prophet and a great teacher and he was a miracle worker and then he dies on the cross and you go, wow, it, well, what's that all about, right? If he didn't rise from the dead, then none of it matters. It really doesn't. But that is why we serve a resurrected Savior, right? But it is his yes. cross that redeemed us. His cross yes. brought salvation, right? It brought salvation to the whole of creation. But the 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 redemption and the salvation of all creation, the testimony that it it had been accomplished is the resurrection of the dead. And and it was the angels. When you consider, you know, we 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 we've heard it said that Mary was the first one to preach the gospel, but that's not true. She was the first of humanity to preach the gospel. But it was the angels who first preached the gospel to men, the resurrection. Let's take a look at that real quick. In Luke chapter 24, would you read that, Brother Jeremy? Yes. Luke 24. <laughs> I threw you guys for a loop this morning. That's okay. We'll make it to the we'll make it to the room at the end of the night. I hope today. <laughs> Verse 19. But we can't leave the angels out, brother. I mean, we just can't do it. That's right. All right. All right. So, so, so read that in verse one through five, would you? I mean, six. One through six. One through six. Chapter twenty-four. Okay. Today's subjects: 
how the resurrection impacted the angels as well. Uh, and that's what mm. we're looking at before before we get to, to, to 19. So the first thing that we see, though, here and what we're going to see is that they were the first ones to preach the gospel. Would you read that? One through six. Amen. Now, upon the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came unto the sepulcher, bringing the spices which they had prepared and certain others with them. And they found the stone rolled away from the sepulcher. And they entered in and found not the body of the Lord Jesus. And it came to pass, as they were much perplexed thereabout, behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. And as they were afraid and bowed down their faces to the earth, they said unto them, why seek ye the living among the dead? He is not here, but is risen. Remember how he spoke unto you when he was yet in Galilee. And read verse 7, brother. Saying, the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and the third day rise again. <laughs> Praise God. So there we have it, right? We and in other the other gospels you'll see the same account uh of the angel. The angels were the first one to preach the gospel. He reminded them of what he had said. They talked about how he had to be delivered and, and how he he would be crucified and how he would rise on the third day. That's the gospel. And so <laughs> it's incredible to me when you consider that the gospel was first preached. To, to Mary, right, and to the women uh, and to humanity by way of the angelic host of the angels themselves. And I find it incredibly fascinating how involved they are in in this whole process and, and why it's important to understand. And Jeremiah will finish with, with some really fascinating thoughts at the end of our teaching today, but why it's important to understand what part they play in this. And, and how it's relevant to us, because they too were there on that very first day, which we've been looking at this past week. But why the angels first? Why were they given that, that right to preach the gospel first? I believe it's because they were the first, honestly, to witness uh, the power of, of death, of decay. You see, uh, it was unleashed, as the scripture tells us, in, in the very pristine, how do you want to say it, beautiful creation, uh, which, was, which was here before men were ever created. And, and it's, it's fascinating to me that they begin to proclaim the gospel, because not only uh, were men saved, but the whole of creation was redeemed unto God. And in, and in the way that God does things, it's fascinating because the origin of the whole story, and we know this because the scripture tells us in other places that, that the Lord was slain before the foundation of the world. And, 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 and so we know that, that the intent of creation all along has its origin in before the world of men began. And so the gospel, in effect, has been being preached 
and and at least the plan of it has been being declared even before there was men who walked the face of the earth and the origin of all the death and all the decay and all uh that that would unleash the power of death which corrupted all things had its origin in eternity past and so it's fascinating to me that on the very first resurrection morning what what our attention is drawn to is the involvement of the very angels who witnessed the original sin before men were even created rebellion of a sort was unleashed uh, by an angel and and he had once been their brother right <laughs> we know his name we know his name was lucifer the devil sin originated with him and, and they witnessed this and the whole of the dateless past if you think about it um at at the rebellion of lucifer because this appears to be what the scripture is revealing to us it unleashed like i said the decay corruption and like we've talked about before brothers in, in some of the podcasts before think about this you know we see evidence of this decay and we see evidence of uh, uh, of in the universe really it, it bears the scars the universe itself the galaxies you know it bears the scars of, of a war that the bible indicates was fought sometime in the dateless past you know the planets uh, i when i when i consider the asteroid belt those of you who are familiar with cosmology right the the asteroid belt um it, some scientists say that used to be a planet you know uh, i think the asteroid belt is between us and uh, mars and jupiter or something like that but it it some think it was a planet but it's it's this ring of these massive rocks um, that are just held in, in a gravitational sway. It, it's the belt uh, that, that girds this part of the solar system. Apparently, at one time, it was it was it was a solid entity that got blown apart by some sort of violence. So the planets, the asteroids, the craters on the moon. You know, you see these big, huge impacts. You know, and, and I know scientists will tell us, well, that's this, this, and that happening. You know, big asteroids, meteoroids, say that. Yeah, but but that indicates force and destruction. And 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 with a universe being dated, whether you want to agree with it or not, scientists today say that the universe is anywhere from from like 11 billion to 13.4 billion years old based on their their mathematics. So, sometime in the past there appears to have been some sort of conflict, some sort of war. We see evidences of it in the moon the planets and including the earth you know the earth and and all of creation is telling us a story if we choose to see if we choose to let the holy spirit elevate us to to the heights that the scripture reveals to us of this beautiful unfolding salvation that was wrought by jesus christ at the direction of his father and so it's fascinating that there they are. They're, they're there before the women even show up. <laughs> they're there, which kind of, you know, uh, intrigues the heart when you think about it, because it it, it, it shows a, uh, an eagerness to declare um, he's not here. He's alive. 
one other thing to fascinatingly consider is that <clears throat> while the angels who fell in the dateless past at the rebellion of Lucifer, you know, they have they have no hope of forgiveness. They they've seen God in his glory. They've been in the presence of God. And and so to see him in all his glory and then rebel against him, there was no hope of redemption for them because they sinned against light. And the angels who rebelled, um, who, who, who hadn't rebelled, though, um, they, they waited and have been awaiting redemption. And so when Jesus rose from the dead, you can almost sense and hear uh, the glorious declaration. You know, why are you weeping in one place, right? That's what he says. Why are you crying? Um, he's not here. <laughs> they're, they're, they're preaching the gospel. It's been done. He's risen. Now, I, I just want to look at some things here really quick because because there's some clues given into the Bible of uh, of the fact that they've been part of this all along. And there are things that happened that I think we can find something really, really quickly here. And and that's in uh, Job. Turn over to Job, would you, Brother Jeremy? Yes. Praise God. Any thoughts? Uh, <laughs> So far, so right. good. So far, so good. All right. <laughs> <laughs> but we're waiting for you to mess up at any second. I know. You I'll say this. I'll say this. Um, the 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 angels being there at the at the resurrection. Um, it's 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 again. It's telling us of where sin originated. It originated from the from within the ranks of yeah. the angelic beings and, and and again we have to understand it's the origination of sin in order to understand the supreme sacrifice that jesus paid on the cross and let me say that again we have to understand how it originated where sin originated in order to understand the supreme sacrifice of jesus christ and all that it reconciled Back in the order. That's what, that's what that's what the word means, right? It, it's something that was yeah. out of harmony, uh, out yeah. of order. Uh, again, the the disorder did not start here on earth with Adam and Eve. Yes, and that's what the that's what the listener has to understand that the, this 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 sin that we're talking about. Uh, John said it. The devil sinned from the beginning. It, it originated within the ranks of the angelic beings. So. Uh, the angelic beings are, are have much to do with this redemption, right? Obviously, uh, we know that we know we know that the angelic beings that cast a lot with Lucifer, there is no salvation or redemption for them, right? Um, right. Redemption is for mankind. Yeah. Uh, but but it is also to bring back into order or into harmony uh, the cosmos. All of God's yeah. creation, whether visible or invisible, and if we can understand that, then we will further understand uh, why angels were at the tomb, right, uh, yeah. during the resurrection. Yes, 
Yes, that's a good point, Brother Fernando, because the Bible says that sin entered through Adam, which means it existed, a chaos already existed, right? Sin originated in heaven, and and, and that's powerful. We do have to understand that in order to understand what you said, the great price that was paid by Jesus Christ and the meaning of this resurrection. You know, uh, what you were talking about, Brother Marty, about things that happened in the dateless past, you know, all the things we see in the cosmos, it's 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 a it's a consequence of a war that's been taking place, which is what, you know, without getting too too much out uh, off the subject or anything, just to kinda you know, what the scripture says in, in, in Revelation speaks about the war in heaven, right? Between Michael and yeah. his angels that is still going on, even unto today. So uh yeah. yes, something happened. It's, yeah, and, and and all of that is important to understand, like like you all are saying, the descriptions, the thought, the the, the contemplation, as all within the confines of the Bible, of course, what the Scripture is hinting at and revealing to us. It is important uh, to understand, like Brother Fernando, like you just said, I like the way you said it, to understand in fullness the supreme sacrifice that was required. Yes. You know, it, it it's beyond description. It's beyond our ability to truly, truly, uh, fully appreciate. That's why Paul said, oh, that you would know and and understand mm. and that God would reveal, he said, what it is that he actually did. What he wrought is the word in the King James uh, when he rose Jesus from the dead. He, he says, right. man, what he did, right? And, and And the implications, the ramifications, the the uh the far reaching scope of this great salvation that that we have we have been redeemed the whole of creation has been redeemed and and to see them there present you know god could have done anything jesus could have rolled away the stone if he wanted to and sat on top of it you know hey here i am you know (laughs) but that's not how it happened right i mean he could have but he didn't you know because it the right to 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 begin the process of unveiling the gospel was given to the to the angelic creation to tell men but also to be participants in it because these are the angels that did not rebel these are the angels now unless we think that this wasn't something at such a high order such an incredible high order of of rebellion and understanding what rebellion is in the flesh you know men understand what sin is you know what temptation is but this rebellion was at such a high order they have a different kind of body a different kind of of flesh if you will for lack of a better word paul paul called it of a different nature of a different kind there's a body for angels there's a body for men there's a body of stars whatever he there's a body of the animal creation so he talks about a different form of uh, of body that exists within the angelic creation. <clears throat> so when they sin, the, the kind of sin is much different uh, and was much different in the eternal past. It, it seems to be a sin of, of the collective mind. You know, there's a, there's and keep your finger here and turn over to to Colossians because Brother Fernando was was kind of you know skirting around that. Uh, when he was talking about, you know, how far-reaching this is. 
there's something interesting in the book of Colossians. Keep your finger in Job. We'll go right back there to understand what I'm trying to express here. Um, in verse 21, uh, can you read that, Brother Jeremy? Colossians chapter 1, verse 21. Yes. It says, And you that were sometime alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now hath he reconciled. He's speaking of the, of the sacrifice and the resurrection, what actually happened, that reconciliation of all things. But it's, there's an interesting phrase here when he describes what this this whole decay, corruption, sin, death, uh, how he describes it. He says, you that were sometime alienated or separated from God and enemies in your mind. And then it manifests by what you did, right? Wicked works. But he, he calls he calls us enemies in the mind, and and that that is thought. And remember, when we talk about the fall of Lucifer, what was revealed is that iniquity was found in him, right? And and yeah. and and it is it is a breaking away from the will of God. That is what created this whole horrible thing that happened. You know, uh, Paul says in Colossians, go back, are you still in Colossians? I think it's Colossians. Yes. Uh, chapter 1, uh, he says, let me go back there. He says, um, this is why he prayed this way. Read verse 8 and 9, would you, brother? Who also declared unto us your love in the spirit. For this cause, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. So over later, what we earlier what we just read is that the, the, the conflict or the breaking away uh, from the will of God creates uh, a hostility in the mind, and and so what Paul is saying once they got saved is that he he ceased not to begin to pray something powerful that we would be filled with the knowledge of the will of the Creator, and and that we would be filled with that will. Remember, we see the same conflict, and why Jesus is 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 Lord is because that same kind of intensity came against the Lord himself in the Garden of Gethsemane, where he literally prayed, uh, if there's any other way, uh, take this cup from me. But then he goes on to say, <clears throat> not my will. He had never broken will with the Father. And so he, he declares it openly and says, not my will, but your will be done. Yes. And these kinds of scriptures, without going at length into them today, they give us hints as to what the actual breaking uh, away of what the Bible describes as being one third of the angels broke away and threw their hat in, in, in or their lot in with with the highest created being to that date, which was which was Lucifer himself. He broke with the will of the Father. 
he left the confines of his highly anointed position. And what Paul reveals there is that came to rest in, in the mind of men. And that's for another story. But he uses interesting phraseology when he talks about being uh, alienated, that is separated from God, and enemies in your mind. That is where all sin originates. And that is why our minds must be renewed. But we have a hint here because we're talking about the angels on the first day of resurrection and how incredible it is that they are the ones who show up. Because the origins of all this breaking of the will, breaking away from the mind of God and the purposes of the Creator occurred amongst the angelic rank. And when they fell, they, they no longer had an opportunity of redemption. But those who, who remained loyal to the Father, uh, they had the right to come and announce, <clears throat> He's not here. Hallelujah. He's risen. He's done it. Yes. <laughs> Hallelujah. He's done, he's fixed it. <laughs> he's he's not only fixed it, he's done something <laughs> so far beyond what we can imagine. And so that's why I took you over to Job. Now let's go over to Job because <clears throat> I want to take a little journey to this very first day because we're still coming to the end of the day, right? We're we're gonna finish up it. It's already been it's at nighttime where we started. <clears throat> but let's go back and look at another player, right? The the angelic host. <clears throat> Brother Jeremy, let, let's let's read uh verse uh Verse 1 through 4, Job chapter 38, 1 through 4. Job 38, okay. Here we go. Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, Who is this that darkeneth counsel by words without knowledge? Gird up now thy loins like a man, for I will demand of thee and answer thou me. Where was thou when I laid the foundations of the earth? Declare, if thou hast understanding. Now remember, what Job is going through here is this <laughs> unparalleled attack from every direction in his life. I mean, he was a righteous man. He never sinned. But we know from Job chapter 1 that the origin of, his, of the destruction he was up under I mean, he lost all his kids. He lost all his possessions. He lost his wife. I mean, for all intents and purposes, I mean, she was losing her mind. <laughs> but, but, I mean, and he suffers, right? The suffering Job, right? And then his buddies come and try to start explaining to him why he needs to just die or repent or admit that he's done something wrong. And so by the time we get to chapter 38, God begins to talk. God himself. And when you read chapter 38, through the balance of the rest of the book of Job, it is the longest discourse uh, of, of, of the Father that you'll find in, in the Scripture, just a straight-up talking from God himself. And what he does when he comes to Job is he, he says in verse 2 what Brother Jeremy just read, Who is this that darkeneth counsel by words without knowledge? What's what's profoundly being revealed there, and again, remember, we're talking about the first resurrection day and its connection to the angels. We know that the attacker of Job was Satan himself. And it's interesting, his three comforters, quote unquote, that came to sit before him, they spoke at length to him in, and, and accused him the whole time of, of hiding or covering up something. And that's why he was being attacked. And when God finally shows up, he begins to address Job. 
and 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 ask him who is it that's that's not giving you good counsel who is it that's giving you a whole bunch of words without knowledge he's trying to elevate his thinking to understanding that even though it's the three friends that's talking to him what he wants to reveal to him is it's really not your three friends that are talking to you it's the devil that's talking through them toward you and he says, so who is this that's darkening counsel? Who is this that's speaking words without knowledge? And then he tells Job, get up, Job, get up, gird your loins like a man, and answer me if you know. And then he takes him beyond the dateless past because he wants him to understand something so profound. And that's that, <clears throat> that what you're dealing with, Job, and that's why God, this is how God talks, right? He begins to take him to the past and he begins to say, where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Tell me if you know. In verse 5, he says, who has laid the measures thereof, if you know, or who has stretched the line on it? And then he says this, where are, where are the foundations fashioned? Or who... What does he say here? Can you read verse 6, Brother Jeremy? It says, who laid the cornerstone thereof? Who's the cornerstone? Hmm. Jesus, right? Yes. He's, he's the cornerstone. And it's interesting because when he talks about the cornerstone, verse 7 is the reaction when the cornerstone is laid. What is verse 7, Jeremy? When the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy. Shouted for joy. Yes. Where were you when that happened? So he connects the laying of the cornerstone to the shouting of the sons of God and the morning stars singing together. That's the angelic host. That's his children. They shouted with joy. And, and if you actually break down those words, it's quite powerful because the shout literally means in the Hebrew, it's a cry of two things. It's a cry for war and it's a cry for praise. And what, what God is revealing here, first of all, to Job is that the origins of your attack actually are coming from a creature who is from the dateless past. The devil is speaking through these people. And he says, I want you to understand that that that, <laughs> that it is I who laid the foundations of the earth and it is I who laid the cornerstone that's going to build. I'm going to build everything off of this cornerstone. When I laid it, the, the, the angels sang and shouted. It's as if, and if you get into the rest of it, he goes on to talking about <clears throat> something that, that had been born uh, but was confined. In verse 8, he talks about, or, or, or who shut up the sea with doors when it broke forth? <laughs> He's using the creation to describe the original sin. He talks about how the original sin, likening it to the ocean, broke forth like a womb. It unleashed something. And God, he says, uh, he says that this thing broke forth like as if, as if it had issued forth out of a womb. And then he says, but, but I, I shut the doors. 
I shut the doors and he's connecting it to the laying of the cornerstone and the shouting of the angels. Now, I know this is out there for a lot of people, but you go read it and understand again, this is how God talks. And remember, the creation is meant to be um, uh, instructive in all things. And, and why did I bring this scripture out? Because again, we're talking about the first day of creation. This sons of God shouting, his, his children, they understood the plan of God in this sense that he had promised to redeem all things. Now, they didn't understand the specifics of it until the resurrection day and all the other things that transpired throughout history as, as mankind would come about and all that kind of stuff. We ain't got time to get into all that. But the point of me taking us to the scripture is to show you the enthusiasm and the intensity of the angelic host so that by the time we come to the first day, the resurrection day, there they are. And they have been participating well before we ever existed. And there they are when salvation was actually wrought. They shouted when the cornerstone was laid. And they Hallelujah. shouted Hallelujah. when Jesus rose from the dead. <laughs> wow. Praise God. Now check this out. So what do we see? Now remember when the time came, because really after Adam fell and all that, right? What he sends angels, right? What to do what? He sends them to guard the tree of life, right? The angels come and guard the tree of life. So they're they're involved in, in, in this whole process and, and we ain't got time to go through all those scriptures bringing them up to this. But when the time came, as the Bible says, in the fullness of time, again, they appear. In the fullness of time, when Christ was about to be born, they appear. Because remember the time uh, when it arrived for the Lord to be born of the Virgin Mary, uh, the angel Gabriel was dispatched. Here we have the angel again involved. Look at Luke chapter 1, Brother Jeremy. Would you go over there real quick? Yes. <laughs> so they're there at the beginning in the dateless past. They're there at the recreative process when God lays the cornerstone, as we were just talking about. They're there now, just before Jesus is about to be born. Now we, we see the angels involved all along, but now they're the, the activity stepping up. The highest order of angels are coming into the earth, and that's uh, that's found in Luke chapter 1. Um, would you read uh, verse 8 through 17, Brother Jeremy? 8 through 17. Yes. Speaking of John the Baptist's father, Zechariah, it is said, beginning in verse 8. It came, and it came to pass that while he executed the priest's office before God in the order of his course, according to the custom of the priest's office, his lot was to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. And the whole multitude of the people were praying without at the time of incense. And there appeared unto him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled and fear fell upon him. But the angel said unto him, Fear not, Zacharias, for thy prayer is heard, and thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son, and thou shalt call his name John. And thou shalt have joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice at his birth. For he shall be great in the sight of the Lord, 
and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink, and he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost, even from his mother's womb. And many of the children of Israel shall he turn to the Lord their God. Praise God. And, and then verse 17, And he shall go before him in the spirit and the power of Elijah to do what, Brother Jeremy? He shall go in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make and ready to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. My God. So here we see, right? We read all that scripture so that people would get an idea of the, of the great context here. Remember when this happened, when the angel Gabriel, it's the angel Gabriel who appears. And, and it, it's been 400 years since there's been any kind of angelic visitation or any kind of thing like that going on. But now the, 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 the testimony of just before Jesus appears, here comes Gabriel. Last time I see Gabriel uh, uh, of, of any significance is, is him revealing to Daniel uh, some great, incredible details, right, that, that we don't got time to get into. But they're always involved. And now just as Jesus is about to be appeared, boom, he shows up. An angel shows up, the angel Gabriel. And he begins to announce the coming of, of John the Baptist under the spirit of the power of Elijah. And he tells them that, that the Lord is coming. <laughs> <laughs> that he's coming. That's incredible. Right. So <laughs> he be, he begins to tell him, Jesus is coming, and your son's going to prepare the way for him. Really, yeah, that's what he's saying. So already, the once the time came when we're bringing it to a culmination, and we're about to 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 see uh, Jesus born and his ministry and his crucifixion, his resurrection. Here we have the angels involved. They're, it's like they're furthering along. They're preaching the word of God. This is so powerful, man. I wish I could just really take hours and hours and get into this because we are being told some incredible things of how things actually work and function at such a high level, at such a level that transcends our everyday five sensual experienced life. You know, this is, this is the gospel. This is the power of God unto salvation, something marvelous. And these are beings and, and creations of the creator that function at levels that are so astounding. You know, uh, there was, I, I think I read it, uh, there's one account in the scripture for one angel killed 187,000 Syrians Assyrians of the armies of Sennacherib, 187,000 were killed by one angelic being in one night. These are the kinds of beings that God has at his disposal, and they tremble in his presence, and they listen to him. Yes. And so when they come now and they begin to preach to us, they're preaching not only to us, but to every other creature that that, that is involved in this ongoing conflict. And what he brought into the earth that day was the declaration, the Lord is coming and your son's about to prepare the way. Six months later, he goes, he goes over to the Virgin Mary, right? And, and read what he tells her six months later 
Gabriel shows up again, another angel. The angel Gabriel shows up again. Luke chapter 1, verse 27 through 33. Could you read that, Brother Jeremy? Yes. To a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. He shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Glory to God. You see how much they know? Yes. I mean, do you see how much they know? This is incredible. That's why we took over to Job where the cornerstone was laid. They shouted, man. They saw in that laying of the cornerstone (laughs) the Lord God Almighty. And they cried with a loud voice. The the morning stars sang and the sons of God shouted. It was an incitement to war. It was like God was saying, man, we threw down the gauntlet, right? The, the, The angels threw down the gauntlet and said, let's go. We're doing this, Lord. I mean, that, I'm just, I don't know. I mean, this is awesome. And, and when he comes and so, starts talking to Mary, he says, man, his kingdom, there's going to be no end to him. He's the son of the highest. He's coming. Are you going to say something? Praise God. You know, so angels, angels just don't speak from what they hear, but from also from what they see, what they have seen, right? So powerful. Yeah, yes. In the councils of heaven. These are the elite. You know, these are the elite. Gabriel's coming. You know, Gabriel's coming, and and he's talking. Gabriel revealed to uh, to, to Daniel the entirety of human history and the, and the return of the Son of, of Man. They know, and 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 this world we live in, it, it it was a temporary holding place for a much larger, fantastic, incredible thing that 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 the one who made them, their father creator himself the lord jesus the holy spirit the lord god almighty they're in absolute uh powerful submission to his will that's why paul said oh that you'd be filled with the knowledge of his will you know i mean this Mm -hmm. is this is such a high thing that, that we're being told here and when we look at it in this way as the scripture reveals it to us we begin to understand just how profound it was on the very first day of creation, I call it creation, because Jesus said that he's the beginning of the creation when he rose from the dead. The resurrection day, there they are. And there, it's so cool, and we'll get to that in a second before we close today, but, but here we go. L- listen to how they talk. Listen to how Gabriel talked. And we know there's even one higher than Gabriel. There's Michael, right? He had to come help Gabriel fight 
these other beings that are in rebellion to God, the prince of Persia, the prince of Greece. He talked about conflict that took place. They were trying to prevent something. Take a look at that in, in, in Daniel. Check this out. Uh, okay. I, I want to just bring this thought out. Um, when it says that when the Lord laid the foundation stone and he told Job, where were you at? Um, and, the, and the angel shouted for joy. Yeah. When when you really read into it, it it's almost like when when Satan uh you know sinned and 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 drew a third part of the angels down with him, it left a huge void. Uh it was almost like the angelic hosts were puzzled at what had just taken place. They were caught by surprise maybe. Right? And it was almost yeah. like what just happened? Right? <laughs> And, and it was almost like they're asking the question, okay, God, this just happened. What's your response to this, literally, act of war? That's yeah. what it was. It and was again, I, I, I used, I'm not, I'm not going to say his response because God, God doesn't uh, respond to the enemy. He knows everything that is going to happen already, right? Yes. But the angelic beings, being angelic beings, and, and, and not understanding of the full mystery of God, might have said, well. What, how, are you, how are you going to retaliate to this? What's your response, God? You know, <laughs> right? Like and then, and then, and then it's like, hmm, you know, I have something up my sleeve you don't know about because I already right. knew this was going to happen, right? And he mm-hmm. lays down that foundation stone, bam, and he says, "This is how I am going to react. This is how I'm going to respond." And it was like they got it. They were like, "Oh," he, he was basically saying, "It's war." It's, it's war. war, and they shouted for joy, and that's what the word shout means. It literally means a battle cry. A battle it was like cry. they said, "Let's get behind <laughs> our Lord and let's go fight." Right? And Glory to God. That's exactly what happened. But <laughs> it, 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 so the angels are aware of this. Yeah. The question is, are we? I got it. Right? We, we we spoke about this on podcasts ago. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. Yeah. Right. But against powers, principalities, spiritual weakness in high places, the rulers of darkness of this world. So the, yes. the very act of of the cross and the resurrection were judicial uh, uh, acts of war. Yes. To combat yes. the enemy. And destroy him. And destroy it and take back what the enemy yes. had 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 completely, you know, thrown out of whack, so to speak, or or out of harmony. And, and bring harmony back to and reconcile all things. Yes, and 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 one and one thing uh, that's so powerful is that because in the days ahead, if the Lord allows, you know, these are subjects that we can get into in great depth by the Scripture, and and begin to 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 see what God is telling us, what is what He's telling us. Uh, and, and when you begin to grow in these kinds of things, now I know a lot of you have never heard these kinds of things, but we're not we're not making stuff up. We're reading the Bible to you, <laughs> hey, hey, brother Marty. And, and it, 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 it goes along with that question that Jesus asked the the, the two men on the road to Emmaus: What things? What do you know yeah. took place? Right? right. Like yeah. what? What exactly do you know that took place? Do you really understand? Yeah, and that's that. You know, kind of. That's what kind of led me to where we are today and and thinking about that very question you just said there. What things? I mean, do you really get it? You know, well, Mm -hmm. we had thought this and we had thought that, right? (laughs) 
And what did he do? He started in Moses and then went through all the scriptures, which is what we have been, you know, feebly attempting to do here over the last several months is, is to go through the scriptures and say, church, saints of God, this king that we serve, uh, this one uh, who has promised that he's returning, he's going to put an end to this madness that we see breaking Amen. forth all over the world right now. Well, the reason we yep. see this world going crazy right now, it's the devil's last stand. It's it. We're headed That's into it. these waters. We're headed into these, uh, you know, turbulent, rapid waters, you know, whatever you want to call it. Uh, the stormy seas, the, the winds blowing, all this stuff, man. Whatever adjective you want to use. But God said, uh, why, why are you weeping? <laughs> there ain't nothing to cry about no more. Yes, there'll be some trouble ahead. But remember, uh, he, he's not here. He's alive, right? He's risen. Amen. And we're going to have to anchor our soul to that. And, and as he reveals to us the depths of what was, what was accomplished, like you said, the depths of it, it is so far reaching. It'll take worlds without end, the Bible says, ages without end. That's what John went on to say, like you quoted the other day, Brother Jer uh, uh, Fernando, when you said John wrote, if all the books in the world were used to compile what Christ actually did, there wouldn't be room on the planet for them. You, you no. can't. Yeah, right? It's just incredible. So check this out. Again, what Brother Jeremy was saying, so they, they know and, they, and, they, and, they, and, they, and they're preaching it. See, the conflict that's been raging. Are you there, and Brother uh, Jeremy? Uh, turn over to Daniel chapter ten. Yeah. Because this this same Gabriel that we've been talking about, this same angel, Daniel had received visions that that Daniel says uh, that, that troubled him. He he, he didn't have the uh, interpretation to it, and he began to set himself to pray and ask God to reveal to him what is this vision I've just seen. And and he fasted for 21 days yeah. trying to get an answer. And and Gabriel yeah. shows up in, in, in Daniel chapter uh, 10, and he, and he says what? In verse 12 through uh, 13 and 14. Read through 14. 12 through yes. 14. Then said he unto me, Fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that thou didst set thine heart to understand and to chasten thyself before thy God. Thy words were heard, and I am come for thy words. That the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me one and twenty days. But lo, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, and I remained there with the kings of Persia. Now I am come to make thee understand what shall befall thy people in the latter days? For yet the vision is for many days. So what Daniel had seen, again, uh, was the end of time, really. And, and, and as it concerned Israel as well, and what would happen to Israel in the end of days, in the latter days. But what's pointed out here is that how Gabriel, one of the chiefest princes of, of, of God, the Creator, uh, he, he was set to come and bring the revelation and the understanding of the vision here. But then he reveals to Daniel in verse 13, he calls him the prince of the kingdom of Persia. So this is another being. Uh, he identifies him as a prince, so he has hierarchy or he's considered royalty, but he's in opposition to the counsel of God 
over the planet. And it's incredible because uh, what seems to be happening here is the attempt to prevent the word of God from coming in to the population and from coming into the into the realm of the earth. There is a connection between what is decreed and declared as the word of God through the servants of God with the unfolding plan of salvation. And, and it was resisted by the prince of Persia. And he talked about it being 21 earth days that they literally fought and, and that it required uh, another being. He calls him the chief of princes, right? In verse 13, Michael. He calls him Michael. He says, Michael, one of the chief princes, had to come help me. That is incredible. There's so much that we could dig into right there, but we won't because we're, we're yeah. on the first day. We're coming to the end of creation. But, but when he talks about having to be helped, what is that all about? <laughs> the war. Right. <laughs> right? But, but, but why? He's an angel of God. He's, he's in full compliance with the will of God. He's a holy creature of God. You wouldn't think that he would need help. He's God's man. He's God's angel on the spot. I mean, why would he need help? Mm. And why would he need the assistance of the chiefest of princes or one of the chief princes, Michael? Now you're talking about two angels required to subdue one prince of Persia. That's incredible because the yeah. Gabriel, Gabriel identified himself as standing in the presence of God when he talked to Zechariah. When we the one you just read, I'm Gabriel and I stand in the presence of God. So it's fascinating yeah. when you consider why does he need help? Well, one day we'll get into these things, but I'll just leave this little nugget because God, and I don't claim to know all this stuff, but but it appears to me. Let me just put it that way: that the way things are done, they have to be done. In, in, in perfect symmetry, they have to be yeah. done uh, uh, under order and structure so that there is no violation. There's no superseding of established order simply by fiat. <laughs> That's a lot of fancy words, I know. But there's no superseding simply by, you know, by, by uh, of the established order, the confines of how things are framed and how things are established within the economy of the realm of the dimensional spirit world. They, they have to function under established decree of, of the creator himself. To, to transcend that and to break that would be to break everything. Mm-hmm. And, and so and so we need to do things the right way, to put it simply, in order for what it, what is done to carry with it the full weight of justice and honor and authority and character of the pure and perfect. Or as David described it, thy word is like silver refined seven times. It's purer than anything. And that purity must be maintained. And this is a conflict between the angelic host. And so they they need the assistance, but the war must be fought and was fought 
up underneath this conflict because the two are connected. Remember, God goes on to say that the angels, that Jesus is higher than the angels, that, that, that we as his church will be judges of angels. Right. And he goes on, right? And he goes on also to say that the angels have been made ministering spirits for us who are created in the image of God. All right. It has to be a righteous, perfect, judicial, systematic recapturing of yeah. all things. That's good. Right? Mm-hmm. That, that, that's, that's exactly what, what it I'm takes. And, and the resurrection made the announcement to all of creation that he now has the power and it's begun the recapturing the regathering the 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 bringing back to pre- perfect harmony and order has begun now while while he did win the victory he said it is finished and he resurrected from the dead and 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 and, and he's going to take back everything that's his not everything is is yielding to that power or submitting itself to it. Yeah. Right? And and, and really... Hebrews talks about that. It says, Thou hast put all things in subjection under his feet, resurrection. For right. in that he put in for in that he put all in subjection under him, he left nothing that is not put under him. But now we see not yet all things put under him. So it, it is uh, that's the, the that perfect, you know, like you said, it has to be done with with perfection because God is a perfect God judicially he, he he's taking everything back that the enemy stole and bringing it back to perfect order he's taking the power of the enemy uh, of death right so he's doing something so beautifully and marvelous and like you said in perfect symmetry balanced yeah. uh systematically but again uh these powers that we see in Daniel the the prince of Grecia the prince of of uh, Persia these are beings that are not subjecting themselves, even though they know that Jesus rose from the dead and he has all the power now, but their days yeah. are numbered. And this is, this is why, that's really powerful, brother, what you just said there, because if you carry that thought on a little bit even further in, in other parts of what the scripture says, it makes sense uh, then, and, and, it, and it flows in that it says that that before he ascended, right, he he descended into the lower parts of the earth that he might fill all things. And also that he was the firstborn from the dead in order that in all things he might have preeminence. So there's no side of creation, whether past, present, or future, that he has not dominated and, and, and ruled over and is God, past, present, and future simultaneously. But what's interesting is that we see a, a ascension before descension. Uh, remember what he told Nathaniel in John chapter 1. He said the angels, you're going to see the angels ascending and descending, which is an interesting phrase. Because the right. ascension that takes place is the victory that clears out everything from the lowest part of the earth all the way into heaven. That's what happened. When he died, he went into the lower parts of the earth, he rose from the dead, and then he ascended on high. But what we are experiencing right now in this conflict you so beautifully described is the descension back to the earth and the clearing out of every level of opposition that is yet trying to prevent. Yeah. You understand? <laughs> yeah. 
so that that that's what's interesting here in verse 20 uh when when the gabriel goes on and he says then said he can you read that verse 20 uh brother brother uh brother jeremy verse 20 and 21 in chapter 9 yeah he says then uh, chapter 9 yeah i mean 10 i'm sorry 10 okay yes then said he knowest thou wherefore i come unto thee now will i return to fight with the prince of persia and when i am gone forth lo the prince of gresha shall come but i will show thee that which is noted in the scripture of truth and there is none that holdeth with me in these things but michael your prince my goodness i mean <laughs> Think of this. What's interesting is that Persia's prince or that demonic power, however you want to call it, this being that's identified as the prince of Persia. He says, I'm going to go back now after he gives him the, you know, he answers his prayer. He says, now I got to go back and I'm going to go fight with him. Uh, what we know earlier that he revealed is that Michael's there up there fighting with him while I'm telling you what, what God wants me to tell you here. When I go back, uh, it, it seems that the two of them again are going to be dealing with the prince of Persia until they absolutely defeated him. What's interesting then is he says that the prince of Greece is going to come, <laughs> which shows that you actually have a satanic kingdom that fights against itself. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and and that that I mean it's you know what's interesting is all you got to see is how they're acting on the streets right now with Black Lives Matter and Antifa and all that stuff that they're doing. Yeah. I mean they kill each other. You know, it's the top dogs that are running things. But, you know, if someone can throw off the top dog, if that's what they're going to do, they fight with each other. You know, and that's what we see here. That That's the, they're their children. They're being controlled by these kinds of spirits. But at a much higher level, again, what we're seeing here. But yeah, you see, you see, they, they don't hold rank. You know, maybe they covet they uh, power. Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, they're, 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 of, they're, they're of their father, right? The devil, you know. Yeah. <laughs> And, and because he was the highest created order of angelic being before he fell, um, they, I mean, don't, don't, these stupid preachers, especially in the Bible Belt in the South, I mean, they'll get up there and they'll, they'll have people stomping on the devil and yelling at the devil. Are you kidding me? Not even Michael. I mean, seriously, turn over to yeah, Jude. Right. And, I mean, yeah, go over to Jude. Up a really nice <laughs> says, right. right. Thank you. And, and again, here we incredible, have incredible, right? And this is this, uh, you're bringing forth this thought that these are powerful angels in the very throne of God, in the presence of God. Yeah. And and yet, you know, Michael has the the, the understanding of who he's going up against, and and he says, I'm, I'm not even going to go toe to toe with you because to do so would be to be out of the will of God. And he said, the Lord rebuke you, you know. Yes. So it, it's 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 incredible, and like you said. We were, you know, preachers over here acting like the devil is just some some Boy Scout. You know what I mean? No, <laughs> no kidding. You're you're you're, you're dealing with <laughs> the most intelligent created being that ever was. You know, and, and brother, until what is, he fell until he fell? Yes, until he fell. And what and is his that? Wisdom fun? and his beauty was corrupted. <clears throat> and what does that tell us about the marvelous? only begotten son of the living God, that when he came up out of that water, when John baptized him, 
And the Lord said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And the Holy Spirit descended upon him and then immediately drove him in the wilderness. And it was there. It wasn't the prince of Persia or the prince of Greece or any of the other lower echelon. It was the devil himself Himself. who came Mm -hmm. and tried to bring Mm -hmm. Jesus down. And he couldn't. Mm -hmm. He couldn't. Hallelujah. Praise God. Glory to God. (laughs) Hallelujah. (laughs) Yes. And how did the Lord fight with him? The you know, word. He fought by the by the word, and that's what Ju- and that's what Michael and and Gabriel were just talking about. There's no one else that holds with me in what in the scriptures of truth. Yeah. Oh, and, and and speaking about angels, it also mentions that angels would come and minister unto Jesus, right? They minister to him. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Right. Uh, amen. Praise God. Now look. So uh, just to point out, as we get back to this subject again, we're still talking about, and then to some of you might be saying, what is this got to do, right, with the first day of resurrection? Everything. We're trying to show you from the past and, 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 and what it led up to. We went all the way into eternity past, brought it down now up through the New Testament, talked about the great conflict that's been taking place. Why this victory? On resurrection yeah. morning was so great, and why the angels were there. Hallelujah. And then verse nine. Can you read verse? Oh, well, verse eight and nine. Would you read that in Jude to us, brother? Oh yes, it says. Likewise, also these filthy dreamers defile the flesh, despise dominion, and speak evil of dignities. Yet Michael the archangel, when contending with the devil. He disputed about the body of Moses, durst not bring against him a railing accusation, but said, the Lord rebuked thee. My goodness. So here we see, right, Michael uh, is contending with the devil over the body of Moses, but he doesn't act like an idiot. You know, he just simply says, the Lord rebuked thee. And, mm. and, and Jude is basically talking about foolish, false church people when he goes on to say but these he's talking about mm-hmm. the false prophets and preachers right he says but these and and those that they corrupt they speak evil of those things which they do not know mm-hmm. and 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 what they know only what naturally like mm-hmm. brute beast in those things they corrupt themselves so here we see again right we're talking about the angels we're talking about how they showed up and why they have a part and how powerful they really are. It's a fascinating thing that, and I hope we can get into it as the Lord allows in the days ahead. But again, reminding you, we see them heading towards resurrection morning uh, as they as they engage from all the way back to that war cry, Brother Fernando, you were talking about, all the way up through just what we were exploring in Job and, 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 and the shout and all that, all the way up through the Daniel account we were just going through. And then into when the Lord's about to appear, they're preaching the word of God uh, to men. And, and, and then, then to the Virgin Mary, he tells them his kingdom, it, it's going to be forever. That is so incredible, brother, when you think about the angels are talking like this. Before men even knew the gospel, they knew the gospel. My God. Hallelujah. <laughs> and, and, and so then when Jesus is born... We get a better understanding because we're still headed right to this really cool thing here. Uh, when Jesus was born, uh, turn over to Luke chapter 8, verse 15, brother, would you? Because we're headed to resurrection morning. 
but they've been engaged the whole time. They are ministering spirits sent forth to the heirs of salvation. Their whole concern are with the children of God, the men created in the image of God, the people that will believe the gospel. They have been sent forth and have been working all along for our benefit because that's what they were made for. My goodness. Luke chapter 2. Are you there? Oh, 2. Luke chapter 2, verse 15. We'll read verse uh, 8 through 15 because look what happens. Jesus is born. And look who shows up. Hallelujah. 8 through 15. Here we go. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were so afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for, behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, laying, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, <laughs> hallelujah, glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass that as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. My goodness, brother. I mean, verse 13 just drives me crazy with great joy and delight because it's one angel talking to the shepherds, right? And, and he says, look, there's the Savior has been born today. You're going to find him in the man. And then it says in verse 13, suddenly there was uh, with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts. It's almost as if they said, all right, you're not going to have the only privilege of the truth. You know, we're kind of checking this out, but we can't handle it. We're, I mean, it's like they just showed up, man. The, <laughs> the choir shows up. <laughs> yeah, they just showed up praising God, man. And, and, and say, they said, glory to God in the highest and glory on earth peace and goodwill toward man. I mean, you can feel what they did there. You know, I mean, it's, oh, my goodness. I don't well, know. They, they know. They know they know what they're singing about. They said the whole yes, they saw it. Like as you said from the beginning, they were there when the foundations were laid. They were there at the fall of Lucifer. They saw and so they know the victory. So what they were singing, glory to God in the highest and on earth. <laughs> yes. Goodwill towards all men. Hallelujah. Yes. The fact that they were declaring peace on earth is so awesome because because they were preaching that 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 it's it's begun, right? The cornerstone is here. Ha! Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Hallelujah! And it starts here. And they understood that because it was beginning here, when it's completed, he's gonna. Go. That's why they said he's risen. He's not here. <laughs> he's gonna go mm. from here 
and he's going to make things right all the way back up through all the dimensions where Michael had to fight with those princes. Gabriel's been having yeah. to fight with all them wicked principalities and power. Peace on earth. They're so excited because they know what's going to come on resurrection morning. And that's why, <laughs> oh man, I tell you what, uh, look what they do on resur resurrection morning. Turn over to Matthew 28, would you brother? Matthew 28. <laughs> My goodness, we could go on and shout ourselves into glory with these things, man. I tell you what, <laughs> this is incredible to me. Matthew 28. Hallelujah. Praise God. Are you there, brother? Yes, I'm here. Yeah, could you read verse 1 through 6 for us? Matthew 28. In the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn towards the first day of the week, we're back Mary where we Mag started, right? We're, we're back where we started. <laughs> Go ahead. King Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulcher. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. His countenance was like lightning and his raiment white as snow. And for fear of him, the keeper did shake and became as dead men. And the angel answered and said unto the woman, Fear not ye, for I know that ye seek Jesus, which was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen, as he said. Come, see the place where the Lord lay. My God, they preached the gospel before anyone else, brother. They preached the gospel before anyone else. And, 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 and we've gone pretty long today, but... There they are, right? And we know the rest of the story. This is the beginning of the day. We've come back to this one day. And and, and, and they're going to finish this up, too. This is really cool. And before I get to little Jeremiah, little Jeremiah, for Jeremiah to finish telling us, you're not little Jeremiah anymore, uh, what the Lord told him. Uh, look, at, look at the part that they play in the end in Revelation chapter 20. Would you turn over there, Brother Jeremy, Revelation 20? Yes. I'm here. <clears throat> Uh, read to us verse 1 through 3. Talking about angels now. And I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain uh -huh. in his hand. And he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil, and Satan, and bound him a thousand years, and cast him into the bottomless pit, and shut him up and set a seal upon him, that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years should be fulfilled. And after that, he must be loosed a little season. That last part we won't get into right now. In the future, we will. But, but notice at the end, uh, when Jesus returns, right, the Lord's going to return, and, and, and he's, he's going to deal with, with the beast and the false prophet. And, and and the armies of heaven, which aren't too many days ahead of us. And there we see an angel again, only this time. I bet it's Michael. I don't know. I just think it might be Michael. <laughs> he, he's going to come. 
and he's gonna he's gonna chain that old dragon. He's gonna yeah. chain that old devil and cast him into the bottomless pit, and it'll be complete for for the next thousand years. Those days are approaching very quickly. Yes. So when we so when we get to John chapter nineteen now, we're at the end of the day, the very first day, uh, and we see the part the angels have played. Right? I mean, it's it's incredible that they've played, and they were part of this day. That's why we we wanted to honor them as 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 the creations of the Lord who have helped us all along um, to know about our Lord and and who have protected and kept the saints of God through the ages uh, because uh, because they love the Lord and and uh, and we're thankful for the angels that God has given to be ministering spirits under the heirs of salvation. So the day's over basically, and we come to the end of the evening. <clears throat> And and in and in John chapter twenty verse nineteen, uh, the Lord has ha, has finished the road to Emmaus account that we talked about yesterday. He's already gone to heaven. He's come back, and 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 they're they're still afraid. Even all this stuff is this happened. They're still afraid, and you can't blame them. But I mean, in verse nineteen it says, uh, "Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, but the disciples were assembled for fear." of the Jews came Jesus and stood in the midst and he said unto them peace be unto you powerful words and after all we've been describing is the best we know how (laughs) to this point by the scriptures these words mean so much more as he now appears to his his apostles his and, and those that were gathered in that room and he said those words peace be unto you. And I wanted Jeremiah to just close it out today with, with his thoughts on, on, on that. And in light of what we've been discussing, how powerful it is what the Lord actually said there. And Jeremiah, would you finish this out? Yes. Amen. Um, it's, it's so powerful as, as we've been going through this whole week and just hearing everything from the beginning of the day to seeing Mary Magdalene and Mary running to the tomb and seeing the tomb empty and then bringing the disciples to everything that Jesus did in the days in between the first and third day, to now uh, really just getting the revelation of of how the angels played a part in this and how all of creation has really led up to this point. And they all kind of benefit and play a part in the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And as the disciples are sitting there and as they're fearful of, of the events that have taken place, they're pondering, and they hear Mary come and say, hey, I've seen them, and they still don't believe. And when Jesus comes to the disciples, the very first word he tells them is peace. And that word peace in the Hebrew is the word irene, or Ariel. And that word means to join together or bind that which had been separated. And so in essence, what Jesus was telling the disciples and really what he told all of creation in that moment was peace be unto you, that I've reconciled all of these things, everything that was affected by sin from the from the different dimensions to the different realms and, and all the planet, all of creation. And he's telling his, his precious disciples who he loved, he's saying peace be unto you. He's saying you've been joined back together unto me. The work is finished basically. I've resurrected, and now you're joined back together to me. And when he tells them peace, he's saying basically now 
we're back together, right? And and, and think about it, the, the disobedience of one man, right, which was Adam, sin, sin entered our world and, and death, yeah. right? But by the obedience yeah. of one, who was Jesus Christ, who was obedient even unto death, now we can receive eternal life. And now that 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 cord that had been broken between God and humanity and God and creation has now been binded back together through the sacrificial death of Jesus Christ. And I really think it's powerful to see he says, peace be unto you. And and if you're listening and you're hearing everything we're saying and you still haven't made that decision to follow God, he's telling you in this moment, peace be unto you. I can give you peace. I can bring you back and bind you back together with me. And And it's powerful to see everything leading up to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And we realize that Jesus dying on the cross was so much more than us just trying to overcome our daily struggles. That it <laughs> yes. had so much, so much right. more was was put into the death of Jesus Christ. That it's not just for overcoming sin, but it's for reconciling all of creation back to God the Father, and to right. really defeating the war. Right, like we've been talking about the war against the devil and the enemy and stuff like that. And I, I just thought it was really powerful to point out. Praise God and Brother Jeremy. That's awesome, Brother Jeremiah. That 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 that's exactly right. And 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 Brother Jeremy, as as we close today, would you close with the scriptures uh, to add to what Brother Jeremiah was just saying there in in Colossians uh, chapter one? Brother Fernando touched on it a little earlier, but I think it now uh, with what Jesus said at the end of the day to them: "Peace be unto you." Uh, these words yeah. come alive even more in Colossians chapter one, uh, verse seventeen through twenty. Could you read that? Yes. Yeah. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. And having made peace through the blood of his cross, by him to reconcile all things unto himself. By him, I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. Mm. Praise God. That's what Brother Jeremiah was just sharing. The word peace, when the Lord came and spoke that night, at the end of the very first day, the resurrection day, he concluded the night by telling them, peace be unto you. For indeed what Paul revealed, was he had made peace through his cross and reconciled or put all things back together, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. Praise the Lord. We hope we jo you join us tomorrow as we conclude our week, and we will see what Jesus did that night before they went to bed. <laughs> Can you mm. say amen? <laughs> amen? Amen. Brother Jeremy or anybody else? Uh, close yeah. it almost feels like a docu-series you know a documentary <laughs> <laughs> uh, every moment of the day dissecting and inspecting and seeing what happened but this has been uh, such a glorious time that we have had in, in, in understanding uh, how the angels are so intricate, intricately um, involved in the gospel because they were there when the foundations were set, they were there at the fall, 
and and to bring it to this part is is powerful the part that angels have played in proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ. We pray you've been blessed. May the Lord bless you. May he keep you and keep looking up.